You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, everybody. Great to be speaking to you here on uh, this video. We are recording this Saturday night after two weeks of being at camp. Uh, My son Marshall and I, we were at teen camp. Uh, for one week and then youth camp for a week and uh, we just pulled in took a quick shower and came over here Uh, we are right now in the space where you are watching this if you're in our at our in-person service or if you're watching on the live stream uh, we are pre-recording our sermon today Um, the uh, I'll tell you why Uh, you know we had a fantastic time at camp Uh, it was so great being with the campers Uh, I'm a musician and love doing music with uh, uh, with young people, and nobody gets to have their cell phones at camp, so every night uh, there's nothing for them to do except worship God. <laughs> so we have a, basically a worship concert every night at, at, at camp, and the kids love it. It's an outdoor amphitheater there, uh, and then they have, you know, it's cool in the mornings to get up and see them all over. Uh, we were at Camp Idlewild, Idlewild Pines up in the mountains, so it's, it's a beautiful outdoor mountain mountainy pine tree type location and it's cool to see campers having quiet times all over uh, the space there and just really spiritually enrich- enriching. So I feel very uh, physically exhausted but very spiritually energized and uh, excited. Uh, awesome time with the young people. At our youth camp uh, we did have, uh, we took as many precautions as we could uh, with camp um, having uh, People, the campers needed to have a negative COVID test uh, in order to come or be vaccinated. You know, we had young, younger campers there, preteen age. Um, and uh, we did have a, a fever or two kind of middle of the week, and then that became 12, and then that became 30 by the end of the week. So we've had, uh, you know, some, some sickness there, and uh, there's been some communication sent out about that. Uh, but because of that, everyone that was at camp was asked not to come to our in-service person uh, in-person services on Sunday, so that's why we're pre-recording this. And uh, our camp is not just for the South Bay Church, but it's for our family of churches in the LA Church of Christ, all of these churches. So there was uh, hundreds and hundreds of people there, and so we just want to make sure everybody's safe. So that's why we are pre-recording this, and we're not with you in person today. But uh, one of the things that was great about camp is I got to teach a class along with Marshall, and um, that was cool. It's the first time we've done that together, and so we taught uh, the sixth and seventh grade boys, and uh, so Marshall got to share a little bit in in that class uh, on on each of the the things qualities that we talked about. So the theme of uh, our our lesson, uh, that our content, and the theme of youth camp was called chosen. And so we, rather than talk about all these different uh, characters from the Bible, um, we decided to kind of hone in on one character. And, and some reasons why that character was chosen by God. And so the character we really uh, focused on was David and, and several qualities of why he was chosen by God. So there was four different lessons that we did. So we thought it would be great to, to take those qualities and, and share all of them with you. So we're kind of going to condense down uh, what we did with the 6th and 7th grade boys for you today uh, in our lesson today. And, and we've titled the, the lesson Chosen for Ministry uh, because all of us are chosen by God uh, to, to do his work. And uh, so if you're listening to this sermon here today, it's because you really want to be used by God and you want, want to, to fulfill his plan for your life, your life. And you want 
for the gifts and abilities that he has given you to be gifts and abilities that you can use for his purpose and for his kingdom. And so these qualities that you're, we're going to look at about David are qualities that we can all emulate and we can all grow from, from looking at. So I'm going to say a word of prayer and then we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures about uh, the character of David. So let's pray. God, thank you for this time to be able to open your word together. Uh, thank you to learn from David and from his character. And I uh, pray that all of us can grow to be more useful to you. Uh, thank you that you do choose us and that you do want to use us. And I pray that through our time in your word that we can all grow to be more useful to you. Uh, we love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So God, uh, you know, this idea of being chosen by God is a theme throughout the Bible. God uses different people. And, uh, you know, just being chosen by God doesn't necessarily mean that you go on to be used by God. For example, David was not the first king of Israel. We know David, uh, the most famous king of Israel, but he wasn't the first king. The first king was a guy named Saul. And uh, Saul was chosen as well. 1 Samuel 10, 24 says that, God, uh, that uh, Saul was uh, chosen by God. But Saul forfeited that plan uh, because of how he acted. And Marshall, you want to read the scripture for us? Sure. Okay, so reading 1 Samuel 13, uh, verse 13 through 14, right? Um, mm -hmm. It says, You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. All right, great. So, so uh, Saul, if you know the story of Saul, he was chosen and anointed by God to be the, the leader of God's people, but uh, he became, his heart became selfish and he became consumed with what people thought of himself, uh, thought of him and his reputation. And uh, we won't go in too much into the story, but it led him to disobedience. It led him to caring more about uh, himself than about carrying out God's command. And so God looks and for someone else he can choose to be the leader of his people. And God chose David. Here's a couple of Psalms that talk about that. Psalm 78 verse 70 says, He chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. Psalm 89, verse 20 says, I have found David, my servant, with my sacred oil. I have anointed uh, him. And we'll talk a little bit more about David's role as a shepherd and, uh, and, and kind of what he was doing at the time that he was chosen by David, uh, chosen by God. But I'm going to put forward four qualities of, uh, that we see in David that I think are part of why God chose uh, David to be used for his purpose. Number one, spirituality. Spirituality. David had great connection to God. He cared deeply about God. And God looks for people who care about him. God looks for people and chooses people who have deep spirituality. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for people who have a heart for God. God is looking for people whose hearts incline towards God. 1 Samuel 13, 14 that we just read, that Marshall just read, says the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him to be the leader of his people. So God was looking for someone who had a heart connection to God, whose heart resonated with his own heart. And so let's look at a few uh, psalms uh, of David or, or a few songs that David wrote, the song lyrics that have been recorded for us 
uh, from thousands of years ago in the time of David, just these lyrics that David wrote give us an insight into his heart for God. Psalm 27, 8, David writes, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, I will seek. David wanted an intimate relationship with God, to see God face to face. Psalm 26, 2 says, Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Uh, You know, David was an open book. His emotions were an open book to God and his connection with God. He wanted wanted God to know what was in his heart and what was in his mind. Uh, He wasn't trying to hide from God. He was trying to reveal his, his heart and his inner character to God. Psalm 139, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I know so many of us can have anxious thoughts. Uh, We can have emotions that go here and there. And those are things that David brought to God. He was real with God. He was uh, honest with God about the things that he was going through. And so I think, you know, David, as I mentioned briefly, was a shepherd. And shepherds spent a lot of time on their own with the sheep. Uh, Being a shepherd wasn't uh, the most glorious job or the the, the job that people really aspired to. But it was the job that David had. And it put him out in the desert often. And I think that I would imagine that in those times, with, alone with the sheep, he really learned to cry out to God, learned to connect to God, learned to pray to God. And, uh, and that really changed who he was as a, as a man and as an individual and made him useful to God because of that spirituality. So Marshall's going to share a little bit briefly what he shared with the campers, ways that he, he has been learning as a young man to connect with God uh, over the recent years and especially most recently. So Marshall's going to share a little bit about ways he connects to God. Yeah, so um, so as my dad uh, alluded to, I uh, I actually became a disciple uh, and put, decided to put my faith in God, put my faith in Jesus, and uh, make Jesus Lord of my life about a month and a half ago now. Um, and it's been a journey. I've grown up in this church, um, but over the last few months, I think I've really learned how to connect with God in ways that I haven't before, and I've learned how to, to grow in my relationship with him. Um, and everybody's different. Everybody has a different way of connecting with God. Um, but some of the ways that I connect with God personally is, uh, through worship music. Uh, I really love, uh, I really love worship music and I really think it helps me to connect with God. I like to go for long walks and pray, uh, just, just to open up to God about the things that I'm going through. And, uh, it's good to have a break from whatever's going on in my day to say, no, I need to just go for a walk and spend time with God. Um, and, you know, I think I've really grown in that a lot. And sort of like how my dad shared David when he was tending to the sheep, he had a lot of time alone with God. And I know for us in our lives today, we get super busy, we get super stressed out about things. I know I get stressed out about things all the time. Um, so just taking time to pray and to, to read scriptures and to, to connect with God is, is super important and is one of the things that helped me become a disciple. Amen. Thanks, Marshall. Great job. All right, so uh, just in closing with this, Saul, uh, Saul who became Paul, uh, wrote a, uh, or, 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 we have a recorded sermon of his in Acts, Acts 13. So this is a thousand years later, after the time of David. And, and uh, Paul said this about Saul, uh, the king, and about David. It says in verse 22, Acts 13, After removing Saul, he made David their king. David testi- or God testified concerning him. And this is what... Uh, God said about David, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. 
And so that phrase, a man after God's own heart, comes from this sermon that Paul preached. And, and what does that mean, a man after his own heart? I think it means that uh, David had a spirituality, a relationship, a connection to God. And, uh, and so God wanted to use a guy like that, a guy that, whose heart's, heart beat with his own heart and, and who wanted what God wanted. And, and, and that's a call for each one of us to have a heart that uh, wants what God wants. You know, when we pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're, we're every day going, I want to share your heart. I want, I want to, here, here's who I am. Here are my emotions. Here's what I'm going through, God. And help me to help all of that to be shaped to fulfill your plan for me and to have a heart that is, beats with your heart. The second thing that uh, we see in David is humility. Humility. So in the story of, of God choosing David, Samuel was a prophet who God had, had used to lead his people. And uh, Samuel was the one that installed uh, Saul as king. But then when God rejects Saul, God says to Samuel, I've chosen someone else. And so he sends Samuel on this mission to find this young person who's going to be the new king. And, uh, you know, we can't go into all the details of the story, but, but Samuel is sent to the house of a guy named Jesse, and Jesse has several sons. And so when, when, David, when, when uh, Samuel rather first uh, comes to Jesse's house, he, uh, he, he sees these different uh, men. Uh, it, it's recorded in, in 1 Samuel 16, if you want to turn there in verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Uh, Fill your horn with oil. That refers to this practice, this ancient practice of anointing the head of the future king with oil. And uh, so he says, You're going to go to this house, and and, and one of these uh, sons of Jesse will be king. Now he sees these, these, these oldest, the eldest of, of, of uh, Jesse come in and he goes, man, surely it's this guy. This guy's awesome. And he you know, starts uh, kind of interviewing these, these men, young men. And uh, Samuel goes, this has to be it. But in verse 7 it's recorded, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so God was looking deeper than the outer things that we were looking at. And uh, David wasn't necessarily the, the, the standout. You know, he wasn't the one that um, everybody goes, oh, it's obviously David that's going to be chosen. In fact, after uh, Samuel kind of interviews each of Jesse's sons, it's like, well, it's none of these. Uh, so is that it? Do you have any other sons? And Jesse's almost like, Oh yeah, I didn't even think about David. He's out watching the uh, the sheep, and and it, it could be because of David's age, but you know he was the last of all these brothers, and he, you know he, he didn't uh, he didn't immediately stand out as this kind of prideful, um, arrogant kind of uh, person who's lording it over other other people. His own dad didn't even think of him as an option to be the leader uh, that that God would choose, and uh, you know the most famous story in the Bible about David is, of course, the story of David and Goliath. And you think about that story, why was David even there? He was sent there by his dad to take bread and cheese to his, uh, to his brothers who were on the battlefield uh, fighting against the Philistines. And on this battlefield, this one champion named Goliath, this nine-foot-tall warrior, was challenging any man to come forward and fight him. And no, none of all these warriors of, of uh, 
of the kingdom of Israel would fight against Goliath, David overhears this daily taunt that Goliath is making, and he's like, How, why is no one standing up to this guy? Why is no one doing anything about this? And of course, his brothers respond by ridiculing him and mocking him, saying, what are you even doing here? You're just here to bring us bread and cheese. You know, it was kind of a, a humble uh, beginning that David comes from. But he doesn't really even care. He, he, you know, that, he cares about the glory of God, and he, he wants to do something about this situation. And of course, we know the story of him going out and fighting Goliath. Uh, but, uh, you know, we see in David this humility from the very beginning, this humility towards God and humility towards man. And this is recorded in uh, one of, uh, a, another one of David's psalms, the way that he uh, viewed God and, and his posture towards God. And Marshall's going to share a little bit about that and from his own life of learning to be humble with God. All right, so here in Psalm uh, 131, verse 1, uh, Psalm 131, verse 1, it says, my heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. So, first of all, uh, my eyes are not haughty. That's an interesting, uh, an interesting phrase. We don't use the word haughty very often. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like haughty is just like prideful or, or arrogant. Or um, So the scripture is saying, I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. It's a recognition that God is God and I am me. And there are things, the way I think of it is God has a plan and his plan is so much bigger than anything I can understand. Uh, and so those things are too wonderful for me to understand because it's God's plan and I can't understand it. Um, but that's really hard. And that's really hard for me. For, for those of you who know me, you know that I'm a person who likes to understand things, and I like to know how things work, and I like to know, uh, you know, what our plan is. Like, when my family's going somewhere, I'm like, what's the plan? Where are we going? <laughs> what, what's happening? And uh, so it's hard for me to trust when I don't, when I can't see the plan, when I can't right. see the, the bigger picture. Um, and so that was something I had to learn to grow in uh, to become a disciple. I had to learn that there are some things I can't know, and there are some things that I have to, to trust God in. And that was really hard for me. Um, I think it helps, uh, it helps to just say, okay, there are all these things that I can't understand, and I have to put my trust in something. You know? And so I, I had to ask myself the question, like, what am I going to trust in? Am I going to trust in these things of the world that, uh, that don't work, or am I going to trust in God, the creator of the universe? And um, I think for me it was just a, a journey of when I finally decided, okay, no, I'm going to trust God with my life. Um, I, I have faith that it's going to work out in the end. Uh, I was able to make the decision to become a disciple. Amen. Awesome. And I'm so glad you did. And you have really grown in that area of trusting God. And I know it's been, you know, something that's, you know, it's, it's hard for all of us, I think, especially the big questions that we don't understand. And uh, I appreciate your willingness to trust God with even when you don't know. And that's what faith is, right? And uh, uh, trusting God with those big pictures. And David had, uh, you know, I love that psalm that he says, um, you know, there's things I just can't concern myself with. I can't understand, and I don't know how it's all going to work out, so I just have to trust. And um, uh, D David also took that, because he had that level of trust in God, it caused him to be able to trust even in situations with people, <coughs> excuse me, that maybe were not fair 
or that he didn't understand. I mean, Saul, even, even with Saul, it was a, a horrible situation where uh, after David is chosen to be the, the king, next king, Saul understands this or hears about it, and so he's trying to kill David. So David is this young man on the run with, with uh, uh, friends and people who are loyal to him, and, and, and the king of, of Israel is trying to, to, to uh, search him out and, and find him and kill him. And David had a couple chances where he could have taken Saul's life. Uh, Saul's life was I- immediately in his hands. I mean, one example is uh, he, he, he caught him sleeping, Saul and his army, and he stole something or took something from right beside Saul's head and, and, and confronted him with it. Look, I could have killed you, and I didn't, I didn't kill you, but I trust God, and, and I'm not going to raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. Another time, uh, Saul was hiding in this cave, and the Bible says Saul went in there to... Uh, relieve himself in this cave and David and his men were hiding in the back and Saul crept forward and and cut a piece off of Saul's cloak um, again to prove that he could have killed Saul but he he refused to take matters into his own own hands he trusted God with the big picture that God would eventually uh, uh, bring justice and 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 show you know his own uh, support for David and his role which eventually did happen and we see uh, David's humility in another story. We don't have time to really go into it in detail, but it's a story that um, the 6th and 7th grade boys loved hearing about, and uh, we, we, we had more time to, to dig into. But it's a story of this guy named Shemiah in 2 Samuel 16. I encourage you to kind of read it on your own. But this, uh, it's later in David's life, and he's facing opposition from within his own household. He has to leave the, 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 the nation's capital on the run for his life again. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a difficult situation, but this guy, Shemiah, is, as he's on his way out of the city with his trusted uh, men, this guy is kind of on, on higher ground and, and cursing down at him and pelting him with rocks and dirt, him and his men. And, uh, you know, it, it says they finally get to where they were going exhausted. And his men are like, this is ridiculous. Just let us kill this guy. You know, he, he's just this... Uh, you know, he's just causing trouble. But David's response to this man cursing him, because the guy was criticizing David for his leadership and, and for, his, uh, you know, his, the violence that had been part of his life and, and, and you know, different things. But, um, but David's response is amazing in, in 2 Samuel 16, verse 10. It says, No, the king said, Who asks your opinion, you sons of Zariah? These are these, uh, his mighty men. If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abishai and all of his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul even have more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I'm being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. You know, we had a great discussion with the 6th and 7th grade boys about this idea that David wasn't willing to retaliate. And uh, that's really an upward call. You know, here's this guy cursing you, and David's response is, well, what is God trying to tell me? Maybe God's allowing him to speak to me this way, or maybe at least, even if everything he's saying is wrong, maybe at least God will reward me for kind of putting up with this. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's such a challenging situation, because I know for me, if someone is, is, uh, come, comes to me with, with maybe some criticism, uh, and they are 50% right and 50% wrong, what do you think I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the 50% that they're right, wrong and not the 50% that they're right. I mean, they could even be 20% uh, 
uh, wrong and 80% right about whatever they're criticizing me about and I, I can get consumed with, well, they, they didn't have one, this one part right or maybe the way that they're approaching me isn't just right. And uh, so I'm challenged by, uh, by David and his example of being willing to learn from, from uh, this guy Shemia, even though the guy's coming at him with rocks and dirt and pelting him uh, with, with curses. And so that's an upward call for me to be willing to, 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 uh, to learn from a situation like that and being willing to hear someone out, even if they're not coming to me with hu- uh, personal humility on their, on their hands. So Marshall's going to share a little something that helps with... Uh, I think with interacting with other people uh, in a way that, you know, when, we're, when we face these situations where it doesn't seem fair or when we're tempted to be prideful. Yeah. So for those of you that know me, uh, for those of you that know me, you know that uh, a lot of times I have ways I like to do things and a lot of times I can be very opinionated. And if someone wants to do something one way and I want to do something a different way, uh, I can I can struggle to to accept the other person's way of doing things and um, you know I think I, I struggle to be humble and and be open to other people's ideas uh, I think all of us are kind of that way but uh, that's something I've had to learn and grow in is is learning how to to work with other people and and you know I I think I can still be right at the end of the day but so it helps it helps to say okay even if, even if I am right and even if they are wrong, I can still listen to what they have to say and I can still hear them out and I, I don't have to say that. I can, I, can, I can have the conversation with them and I can think, okay, what can I learn from what this person is saying? And if they're criticizing me, you know, I can still think, okay, what, what are they saying and how maybe they're partially correct, maybe there's something I can get from this, there's some way I can grow. And um, I think it's easier to be aggressively humble than to tell myself to not be prideful. If I just think, okay, I need to not be prideful, and I need to not be prideful, that's hard. That's, that's difficult. And if someone, if someone tells me, dude, you struggle with pride, you're being prideful, it's like, no, I'm not. No, well, okay, then I am. If I'm saying, no, I'm not. So it's easier to try to be aggressively humble than to tell myself not to be prideful. It's easier to go around saying, okay, in this situation, how can I be humble? How can I listen to what the other person has to say? How can I... Uh, find some way to be like Jesus and be humble. Amen. Great job. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. If somebody says, you're being prideful right now, it's kind of like, okay, amen. You know, but, but how do I not be prideful? Like, what does that mean to not be prideful or how do I not be prideful? But I think if, if you think about what are ways that I can be humble, and, and as Marshall said, ways that I can be aggressively humble, maybe asking advice, um, Looking to build someone else up, you know, and and, and trying to 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 build up, you know, emulate or, or or point, bring attention to their good qualities of whatever they're doing, or trying to see truth in whatever they're saying, even if you disagree, like David was doing with Shemia, um, or asking for input, asking for uh, inviting criticism. You know, that's a hard thing to do. I, none of us like criticism. But it helps to be aggressively humble to go, well, what do you see in me or how could I change it? I know, for one thing, it is a lot easier to ask for it and be given criticism than to receive it unsolicited. <laughs> you know, so I think it helps to just say, 
you know, if you're a parent, ask your kids, what could I do differently, or how could I grow as a parent? Or if you're a husband, ask your wife, how could I do better in meeting your needs? Or if you're a wife, ask your husband, how could I do better following your lead, honey? You know, those are humbling questions, but they, they help bond us together with people, and they help us to grow in our own humility. Uh, okay, third thing is David's integrity. <coughs> integrity. So when David does decide to go up against Goliath, he says to Saul, because Saul is kind of questioning him. This is before Saul is on the run, trying to, David's on the run and Saul's trying to kill him in that interaction with Goliath. Um, David says this to, to Saul. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. This is 1 Samuel 17, 36. I think we know the story of David and Goliath, but his, his, his rationale, David's own thinking is, okay, I can conquer this giant because uh, I have already killed a lion and I've already killed a bear. And, and he's talking about using a sling. And a sling, uh, it's not a slingshot. It's a, it's, it was a device, it, it was a leather uh, pouch with two straps that would hold a, a, um, a rock and you swing it uh, it was long enough to go kind of all the way down to your feet, and you'd swing it, and it gets incredible amount of speed. I read some stats to the 6th and 7th grade boys about uh, slingers, as they were called, and it's really amazing. I mean, there, there were, there's stories even now of, of modern-day slingers who've been able to hit, hit a target from 1,300 feet away, and they're accurate to 500 feet away. Um, and so it's more accurate, more accurate uh, they're able to be even more accurate than a guy with a handgun, a uh, 45 or a 9 millimeter. So, uh, and the speeds are amazing. So, so David, you know, it was no small thing that he was accurate and, and gifted with this, this device. But still, even so, you know, if, if I was out there watching the sheep for my dad and a lion comes... Boy, that's a really good excuse, right, for, for not, uh, not being able to protect the sheep or a sheep or two that the lion got. I mean, and the fact that David showed so much integrity as to take on a lion or a bear, that shows you that he really uh, was trustworthy. He had integrity. Uh, he was somebody who cared about whatever responsibility that he was given. And uh, even though he was all out on his own with these sheep, uh, he felt responsible for them, and he showed integrity. And so I think as, as uh, people who God can use, um, showing integrity in whatever it is that we do, whatever, uh, whatever God puts in our life to be responsible for, it's a real opportunity uh, for us to, to show uh, you know, our love for God is by having integrity with whatever those responsibilities are. Uh, Marshall's going to read a scripture about this and, 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 uh, and, and how God used David uh, because he showed integrity and share a little bit about how I feel like God has been using Marshall. Um, so I'm, I'm, I asked him to share about this. You know, he's not bragging. I just wanted, I think we can all learn from how Marshall has shown integrity with some different responsibilities. Um, so please share a yeah. with that. So in Psalm 78, uh, Psalm 78, <laughs> verse 71 and 72, uh, it says, from tending the sheep, he brought them to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. Uh, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. So here we're talking about, uh, we're talking about how David was very responsible. He, he showed a lot of integrity 
uh, with taking care of the sheep. He was very responsible with the job he was given. Uh, like my dad shared about, he attacked the lion and the bear with the, the sling, and, and he really cared about protecting the sheep. Um, and something that uh, I've something that I've been doing over the last like six years or so. A lot of you know this, um, but this live stream uh, that we do uh, for our, our South Bay Church here. Uh, I've I've been serving on tech here for South Bay Church since I was in middle school. Uh, <laughs> even though I even though I wasn't I had not committed my life to Jesus yet. I still uh, have been serving doing tech for South Bay since I was in middle school, um, and I saw a need uh, for the for us to start live streaming our church services so that if people were sick or out of town, they could watch them. Um, and so I, I spent the time, since I had time, I, uh, I figured out how to make it work. Um, a, a brother from one of our other churches helped us uh, purchase the equipment, but I've been uh, responsible for uh, running it and taking care of it and uh, training people. And I'm going off to college now, so uh, we, you know we've been trying to figure things out here because I'm leaving. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, at first I was, it was smaller things that I was trusted with, and then, and then it, it worked up to bigger things. Uh, so by showing myself being responsible for smaller things, I was given responsibilities with bigger things, and God's really been able to use it uh, in cool ways. So there was one woman who was uh, a part of our church who, um, she was uh, going through a lot of health challenges, and she was in and out of the hospital, and she was super, super grateful, uh, moved to tears, actually, for the fact that this live stream existed and they were, she was able to watch our church services and still feel connected, even though she was gone. And um, so it's just been cool to see what God's been able to do. And uh, over the last year, because of COVID, uh, our, our live streaming equipment was really useful because we turned my garage into a TV studio. <laughs> uh, and we had church out of there for a year. Um, but anyway, so it's just been cool to see what God's been able to do with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, Deb, was there anything else you want to say Amen. about that? No, I think, I think that's true. It's amazing just how, how God, you know, we had no idea, right, when you yeah. were first starting all that stuff, um, how God would use it. And, uh, I mean, thank God that we had all that equipment. And when we started our live stream, as you guys know, it, you know, it was just me and Marshall, um, for in, in our uh, in our living room <laughs> to, to kind of keep being able to interact as a church and you guys being able to sing from your uh, from your couch and then uh, God's been been adding to that and uh, you know we're so grateful that we can meet in person but God's given us you know new tools as a whole congregation and uh, you know as Marshall mentioned it's really blessed people even there's people that watch our live stream that are not here, even in, in Southern California, that uh, are able to participate you know, from other places around the world. Maybe they don't have a connection to a strong congregation right now, wherever they are or whatever. So we're, we're seeing more people. You know, Our ministry is, is blessing people in other parts of the world. So it's really, really cool how God uses these small things that we do. So you know, for each of us, there, there's some re responsibilities that God has put in your life or some, some ways that you can show integrity and show that you, ha you share God's heart for whatever it is, you know, on your job uh, or at school, those of you who are students, uh, in your family. There's ways that, you know, you can show uh, integrity, show God's heart with whatever that is that is in front of you. It might not seem like a big thing, but God can take those little things and make big things out of those. And, and that's the story of the Bible is God using humble people who show integrity or show character 
in some small way, and then God uses them for a big purpose. Um, so David was just watching these sheep. He was a man, you know, an obscure man, a, a, not, not a well-known family, uh, not like this, oh, everybody knows it's going to be David as the next king. God picks him out of obscurity and says, I want this guy to lead my people. The way that he is taking care of these sheep, he's going to take care of my people, and he's going to show integrity. And I, you know, I want to have that kind of a heart that God could use me. Uh, and so that, that gives meaning to whatever it is, even if it seems like an, a mundane task or an everyday responsibility. If you're doing it for God, it brings meaning uh, to doing those things. So uh, to, to wrap up, if you're listening to this today, God is choosing you for ministry. Uh, ministry means service. Ministry means uh, doing the work of God. God uh, makes us a kingdom of priests, uh, that we fulfill that destiny that he had for his people all along. He said, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. And Peter says, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. So we, we are used by God for his purpose in this world to bring change to people's lives, to, to, to right injustices, to, to help make things better, you know, to bring the kingdom of God uh, wherever it is that we are. God is choosing you for ministry. And it's not really about the talents you have. It's not really about um, the wealth you have or the, the worldly influence you have. It's about the character that you have in the heart of God. You notice we didn't talk about David's um, you know, leadership abilities or his warrior abilities or uh, you know, his musical talents. Though he, he had some of these gifts, but what really made him useful to God, I b- really believe, was uh, these inner qualities, his spirituality, his humility, his integrity and his zeal for God's house. God is saying, I don't care about what the outside looks like. I care about uh, authenticity and spirituality and what's, what's on the inside and what, you know, what, what drives your inner spiritual person. Um, did, did David have talent? Sure, but that's, I don't think that's why God chose him. And uh, there's a, a great book by Charles Swindoll that talks about the character of David. And he says, uh, when God develops our inner qualities, he's never in a hurry. And it just makes me think about how much time David spent out there on his own with the sheep, uh, you know, uh, in relative obscurity. But those were the times that really developed who David was and made David useful to God. Those long, monotonous hours, maybe, when he learned to connect with God, to learn to use his sling, uh, and, uh, and then God was able to really use him. So it was cool at camp to talk to these 6th and 7th grader uh, boys and, and talk about the idea that, uh, you know, the things that they're experiencing in their life right now, as they're growing up in the church, uh, these are things that God can use in the future. And, and Marshall's a great example of that, as he mentioned, beginning to do tech, tech stuff for church and beginning to do some things even at their age that God uh, has used uh, in great ways. And I'm so proud of him as his dad. So thanks for doing this lesson with yeah, me, Marshall. You did welcome. a great job. So uh, as we think about the character of David, let's transition to thinking about the son of David, uh, Jesus Christ, that came as a perfect example for us. And he obviously emulates all of these things as well, uh, or exhibits all of these qualities as well. Incredible spirituality, incredible humility, incredible integrity, and zeal for God's house. He is our perfect priest and our perfect example. And uh, because of him, we can have 
this temple that in which God dwells. Because of him, we can have these connections with each other. And we can see these uh, areas grow in our lives, even if we feel maybe uh, like we fall short in some of these areas. God's able to bring change to our lives as we continue to bring our, our weaknesses to the cross and see God transform us through Jesus' transforming power. So let's pray right now for communion together as we share uh, communion uh, today. God, thank you to be able to be gathered as your church, uh, both in person and online. And uh, thank you that we could share this time of communion together, remembering Jesus, remembering his body and blood given for us. I know it's only through him uh, that we can see change and we can see growth. And it's through him that we are chosen. God, I know that Ephesians 1 says you chose us in him before the creation of the world. God, that you had a plan for our lives uh, and a plan to use us to make the world different, to transform the world through using us, your people. Uh, Wherever we are, wherever we live, uh, that through Jesus we can bring change and bring hope. And uh, pray that you would use us. God, I pray you'd bless this time of reflection as we remember Jesus' body and blood. And uh, thank you so much for this church, and thank you for uh, allowing us to have a relationship with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.